welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 68, Weep Not for the Decline of Newspapers. I was asked a few weeks ago to write a few words for the Chronicle of Higher Education. They're the leading publication for, well, higher education, professors, academia in the United States. I was asked to write a few words about whether I thought the decline in newspapers was a serious problem in the United States. Well, the short answer I gave to that question was, no, it's not. But I thought I would devote this episode of Light On, Light Through to explaining why I not only think it's no problem that newspapers are declining, I think in many ways it might be the best thing that has ever happened to news delivery. To begin with, there's no doubt that newspapers are declining. In October 2009, the New York Times announced a new round of layoffs. And I'm certainly not happy about people losing their jobs. Certainly, unemployment is not a good thing. It's nothing that anyone in his or her right mind would be happy about. But let's look at the larger picture. If you look at the history of media, there have been several times in history, even many times, when one medium has been replaced by another. It happened with hieroglyphics, a way of writing through pictures, which was replaced in most parts of the world by alphabetic writing. That was really a very good development. For example, to be literate, totally literate on the university level, in a hieroglyphic system or in an ideographic system such as the one still used in China and in many parts of Asia, you have to master more than 20,000 different characters. Compare that to what it takes to be literate in an alphabetic writing system. 26, that's right, 26 different characters, A to Z, and then you have to learn a few rules You have to learn capital letters and small letters. You have to learn a little about punctuation. But that's a much easier task than learning 20,000 or more characters. And so the rates of literacy in cultures that had an alphabetic writing system were, of course, much higher than with hieroglyphics. For example, in ancient Alexandria, around 150 A.D., more than 90% of the population, the citizens of Alexandria, were literate. That, by the way, was such a high rate that it wasn't exceeded in the United States of America until the 1880s. So, one medium being replaced by another is not a bad thing. I could give you many other examples. And I know that People love reading their newspapers. I certainly enjoy reading a newspaper from time to time. But newspapers have a lot of disadvantages. Probably the biggest disadvantage of the newspaper is when an important event happens. You have to wait hours, maybe even 24 hours until the next day to read about it. Years ago, at the turn of the 20th century, newspapers tried to deal with this problem by printing up multiple editions, but it still had no way, 
this system of multiple editions of getting people the news when it was happening. This is one of the reasons why radio and then television became so important in news delivery. But radio and television present the news in a very different way than do newspapers. You don't read the news on radio or television. On radio, you hear the news, and on television, you see the news. Those are two good ways of getting the news, but they're not the same as reading the news. When you read the news, you read at your own pace. You think about what you're reading. A fully informed citizenship does best with as many different ways of getting the news as possible. So reading the news is an important part of that news delivery. Once online news became available, that is the ability of people to read their news on computers, iPhones, laptops, Blackberries, you could read the news online as fast as you could hear it on the radio or see it on television. This has been the reason that newspapers have been declining. People want to get their news as quickly as possible. If, for example, we could read the exact same news story online as printed in a newspaper, why would we want to read it in a newspaper? Well, this shows that newspapers do still have a few advantages. A newspaper, like any book or magazine, anything printed on paper, can be read as long as there's some light in the room, either from the sun or a light bulb, or a candle for that matter. You don't have to worry about a Wi-Fi connection. You don't have to worry about the battery of your computer or iPhone working. You don't have to worry about plugging in a laptop. So newspapers do have that advantage. And some people still enjoy the feel of paper in their hands, although to tell you the truth, one of the things I never liked about newspapers is you're eating breakfast and you're reading the newspaper and you go to pick up a piece of toast and there's ink on your hands because the ink of the newspaper can wear off on your fingers. It's not the end of the world, but that doesn't happen when you're reading something online. Now, another important advantage of online media in comparison to newspapers is online media, for the most part, are free. David Carr of the New York Times wrote an article, oh, about four or five years ago called only suckers pay for content. And I think that Carr was onto something. Nobody likes to pay for something that they can get for free. And so even though the price of newspapers are not exactly onerous, a uh, dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever, it's not going to break anybody's budget, still and all, who wants to throw out even a dollar if you can get the same thing for free online? Now, one of the things that people say is, if news goes online, where will it find its means of economic support? Well, I think the answer is obvious. Most newspapers, in any case now, make most of their money not from sales and circulation to the public, 
that is not directly from their readers, but by selling space to advertisers. And there's no reason whatsoever that these same advertisers can't support newspapers online. As a matter of fact, you can probably have a more effective advertising campaign when it's online than when it's in a newspaper because anyone who clicks on an ad online gives the advertiser a direct tracking of when the person clicked on that ad and what they did. That's not the case when you read an ad on a newspaper or any place offline. If you think about it, Radio and television have thrived for decades without charging people anything for their programming. They've made their money by selling some of their time to advertisers. And so newspapers online can do the same thing. One last point. I've heard it said, well, it's been written also in more than one place, that if you look at what is being reported now online, that is the kind of journalism you see online, the kind of reporting, it relies very heavily on the investigative journalism being done by old-time, old-media reporters. For example, if you look at the Huffington Post, if you read the Daily Kos, you'll find invariably in articles that are written there that there are citations and references to articles and investigative journalism that was published first in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and other newspapers. So what will happen to those investigative reporters if the newspapers continue to decline and some even go out of business? Well, again, on a personal level, I'm not happy to know that anyone might lose their job. But I think it's pretty obvious that we do need investigative reporting. And so we'll no doubt see investigative reporters working directly for the Huffington Post and other online newspapers. So when you think about all of this, change is never a comfortable thing. We tend to like the media that we grew up with. I'm no different than anyone else. But if you look at the long range, if you look at, well, ancient history, if you look at what's happening now in terms of where people get their news, we probably have an American public better informed than ever before. And that's in large part due to the decline of paper newspapers, which in turn are an expression and a reflection of the rise in online reporting of news. The Light on Light Through podcast. Athens, 2042 AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. 
Sierra had always done everything for the thrill. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Entertainment Weekly says the plot to save Socrates is challenging fun. The New York Daily News says it's a Da Vinci-esque thriller. And Curled Up with a Good Book says Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about the plot to save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. The Light on Light Through Podcast. And that's the sweet music of our promo suite. And you're going to hear promos from Mike Thinks News, the savviest podcast in town. You're going to hear from the night guy in Israel. Sean Farrell's patio book of my first novel, The Silk Code. We're just about out of time. I look forward to talking to you next time. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy. the Mike Thinks Podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks Podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. The time in Israel is uh, two minutes after midnight. Your life is ticking away, moment by moment. Your coffee is getting cold. The time in Israel is... 41 minutes after midnight, and that's true, by the way. Hi there. Do you think this world is surreal enough? Join me for an exploration of the most surreal aspects of this world on a podcast gone horribly wrong. Interviews with creative people, 100-word stories, short essays, and much, much more. Find me at nightguy.guidefeed.com Come and join the fun, and may you never have to listen to music you don't like. Did you hear the? The Locus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world, witness the wonder of ages past. Join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com.